I just want to thank you for uh, those testimonies. And um, they are real, aren't they? God is at work uh, today. It's not just what's in here. It's what's in here and amongst us as a fellowship. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for uh, what we have heard. Thank you, Lord, for your dealings with us, uh, that you brought many of us into that personal relationship with you, and that you've sustained us, you've strengthened us, you've been with us through the tough times as well as the good times. And we thank you for that. And Lord, I pray that you will go on to bless us day by day in our lives as we walk with you and as we trust you. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, just for a, a few minutes, um, I'm just going to share uh, a few thoughts, and it will be a few thoughts now, uh, from um, the passage that uh, we read together. But before we do that, I just want to give three very, very brief notices. Um, it was mentioned at the uh, church meeting on uh, Thursday that we need uh, an editor, a new editor for our church magazine. That needs to be a church member, and um, we have uh, we need somebody to replace Val uh, Cookney and what she's been doing over the last uh, number of years. And uh, the editorial team have said that they will carry on for the next two issues. But if we don't get an editor after that, uh, we won't have a church magazine. Uh, also, to uh, remind you of the uh, the breakfast on uh, Saturday with Jonathan Berry coming to speak. The breakfast will be at 8.30. He will then do a talk after the breakfast. There will be a short break. Then there will be a seminar, question and answers. So I guess we'll be, if you stay on for the whole of the seminar, um, be through by 10.15, something like that. And also to say to you that we will be getting the invites out for the church weekend, which is June 22nd through to the 24th. And we'll be getting those invites out uh, towards the end of uh, this month. Just a few thoughts on the passage that... Uh, uh, that uh, we had read to us and um, we started last week a, a series on equipping the saints as Charles has called it about the things that we encounter in our Christian lives last week we looked at what do we do when faith doesn't work this week the subject was or is resisting temptation and I just want to share just one or two uh, things with you both from this passage and also from other um, verses across uh, the scriptures the first thing I want to say about, about temptation is that actually we don't all struggle with the same uh, temptations. What is a weakness for you will not necessarily be a weakness for me. And uh, just by way of a, a short illustration on this, um, some of you may well know that uh, I actually have a weakness for uh, chocolates. This was given to... Um, uh, Janet, just before Christmas for the Stepping Stones ladies, and I have to say it's still nearly full up. Uh, and it has been hidden from me at home, and uh, Janet has been very good in preserving it, and when I asked her if I could take it this morning, she actually burrowed into one of our cupboards behind a few bags and brought out the box of chocolates. Um, now, if uh, I have a choice uh, between a, a chocolate or a dried apricot, I will go always for the chocolate. Janet will always go for the dried apricot. I sat with Ray Saunders on Friday morning. I went into uh, uh, Ray and um, uh, Audrey's house. Her first words to me was, do you like marzipan? 
I thought, what a question. Of course I like marzipan. She said, well, we had this box of chocolates, and we like chocolates, but we don't like the marzipan. So if you like the marzipan, you can take that. I actually had to stop Janet eating one of these last night, so I didn't lose my visual aid this morning. But, you know, I, that, is my, that is my temptation. That is my weakness. And uh, I know chocolates are not that good for me, but, you know, we are all wired differently. We all have a weakness, and we are told in Scripture to examine ourselves and not other people, and uh, we have to do that. And we also have to be very careful that when we see somebody else uh, tripping up and, and, and not resisting temptation and, uh, and, and giving in to something which they shouldn't be giving in to, that we shouldn't be pointing the finger, because of what it said in this passage of Scripture, that he that, this is the authorised version, he that thinketh that he standeth, take heed lest he fall. So we're all subject to temptation. We're all subject to, to being tripped up. If you're thinking you're standing, be careful that you don't fall. Pride comes before a fall. Before his downfall, a man's heart is proud, but humility comes before honor. So we're not all tempted with the same things. But you know, the other thing to say is this, that temptation for us is not unique. Whatever temptation we might have been struggling with or battling with, it's not new. And it's said in this passage of scripture, there is nothing new to temptation. There is nothing that has never tempted man before that you are dealing with. And we may say, well, there are more temptations around these days than there used to be. Well, the Victorians didn't have the internet, but they did have immorality third thing to say is this that uh, we as Christians I mean I think there are many people out in the world as it were who want to live upright lives but I think we as Christians often find ourselves under more pressure because part of our discipleship is that we actually want to become more like Christ and the nearer we get to the light the more dust shows up and so maybe there's not, there is temptation to do wrong, but there's also temptation not to do right. And it's a battle. And we are all subject to that battle. And I wonder sometimes whether we as Christians are under more pressure than those who are not Christians. And fourthly is this, what is the answer? What is the answer? Well, we read in uh, that passage uh, that Sandra read to us, that uh, when we are tempted, he will also provide a way of escape, a way out. I want to say this, I want to say this, that we need to know the tactics of the enemy. We are all in a battle situation, and we need to understand where the attack will come from. And there are three places, three sources. The first one is the world. Not talking about the physical world we see around us. But there is that mindset, that attitude, that philosophy in the world. And we can quite easily become tempted and uh, tested by what is going on around the world and in the world. The world that we rub shoulders with day by day. J.B. Phillips in his paraphrase of uh, uh, Romans chapter 12 says, he says, don't let the world squeeze you into it's mold. Jesus said, didn't he? He said, 
that in the world you will have trouble. But he said this, he said, be encouraged that I have overcome the world. You know, we don't like to be different, but you know, as Christians, if we blend into the world and we don't remain distinctive, then we have lost that particular skirmish. Ephesians says that we should be careful how we live, not as unwise, but as wise. And in John's epistle, he says, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. So that is encouraging. And then there's the flesh. There's that old man that is within us. And Paul himself, when he was writing to the Romans, he said this, he said, there is a battle going on within me and in my heart. There is this law, there's the law of the spirit and there's the law of flesh. And he said, the, the good that I wish I could do, I do. He said, I don't do it. And the evil I wish I didn't do, I still carry on doing it. And he comes to the end of chapter 7 and he says this, who will rescue me from this body of death? Then he says, thanks be to God who gives us the victory. We sing, it was for freedom that Christ has set us free. No longer to be subject to to the yoke of slavery. So we have that testing, that temptation that comes even from within us. So we have the world, we have the flesh, but then we've also got the devil himself. And he can use those other two aspects, but often he comes to us as an angel of light, the Bible says. He comes to us as a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. And uh, I was speaking just recently to somebody who I know quite well, and he said, I just feel I've been under attack. Jesus himself was under attack from Satan. And the Bible says that when he was under that attack, the devil left him for another opportune moment. And I thought about it, you know, about the time when Peter took him aside and said, Lord, you don't have to die that way. And Jesus said, get behind me, Satan. It was almost as if Peter was tempting Jesus, or the temptation was coming for Jesus to say, well, maybe there could be another way. And he said, get behind me, Satan. Do you remember that opening part of the the film, uh, The Passion of the Christ, where Jesus is in the the garden and and the devil is is tempting him to to give up and he said, you can't do it, you can't do it. And then the devil lets go a a little snake. Do you remember? Let's go a little snake. And, And a big foot comes down on the snake and crushes it. The Bible says if we resist the devil, he will flee from us. And we have to flee from the devil as well. I had a, 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 when I was in business, I had a, a business colleague and uh, he, he did much of the marketing and, uh, and, and going out and finding the work. And he said to me once, he said, he was on a train, uh, he was relating what had happened to him the previous week. He was on a train going up to Glasgow uh, for a business um, meeting uh, with the local authority up there. And this very attractive woman sat opposite him and in the train and, and started chatting to him. And it, it became in the end a little bit of a chat up as well. And uh, she was asking, where are you staying? You know, what hotel are you staying in? And he, he, he began to very, very uneasy about this woman, uh, was obviously beginning to proposition him. And Jim, uh, my colleague, was a, um, a, good, uh, a, a lovely Christian guy. And uh, he, he, he was very uncomfortable about this. And, you know, I said to him, what did you do, Jim? And he said, I ran. I ran. You see, he, he, he saw the danger and he ran. He could see the, 
the, the temptation that was being put in his way, and he removed himself from it. And I just want to say this in closing. Four things. One, if we're, if we're serious about resisting temptation, we need to avoid the places, the situations, the people that we know are the source of our temptation. The second thing is we need to be accountable. For those of us who are married, we need to be accountable to each other. If you're, if you're on your own, find somebody who you can be accountable to, who you can, uh, who you can confide in that you know will support you. The third thing is we need to commit ourselves to holy living. The Bible says we need to be holy because he is holy. We need to be committed to holy living. And the fourth thing I want to say is this. We need to stay close to Jesus because the closer we get to Jesus, the more aware we will be of the way that we should live our lives. The more open we will be to his voice and the voice of the Holy Spirit living within us. Four things. Avoid situations, be accountable, commit ourselves to holy living and stay close to Jesus. And we can overcome because we are not left on our own. As Christians, we have the Holy Spirit living within us and it is he working in us and us cooperating with him that will enable us to live the lives that we need to live. Can I just say this one thing in, in closing as well? We've had some excellent testimonies this morning just signifying that God is at work. And I just want to ask, if you have sat there this morning and you think to yourself, actually, this is a million miles from where I am. I don't have this relationship. I don't have this reality of God in my life then you can have it. And if you want to talk about that, if you've not come to know the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior, you might, be, you might be a believer in God, but you may not be a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ. You've never accepted him as your personal Lord and Savior, and you couldn't give a testimony this morning. Then come and see me, chat to me, chat to any other people that you know in the, in the life of the church that you look upon as being mature Christians, and uh, you can have this testimony yourself.